like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. Primal Piggy, and uh, today's discussion, it'll be, um, it's for adults, uh, but it'll be about mature topics, but it won't be graphic at all, and um, right now I'm here at the site of the um, popular BDSM test that you kind of see it everywhere, and um, a lot of people will claim not to take it seriously, but then again, you find it like uh, in our culture, we have fat life. And you'll find it on almost every FetLife profile. Maybe not every one of them, but you'll find it at, at most all of them. And so uh, it, it's very widespread. It's very popular. I would say that, you know, uh, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, have taken this BDSM test. It's a very popular test, uh, especially in a lot of uh, Facebook groups online. You'll see people that will... Uh, you know, I'll take the test and, and, and post the results and just kind of, uh, you'll, you'll see it a lot around the internet. And so, uh, let me pull it up here. And so, uh, I'm just going to kind of look at, I'm on this page that's, that has their archetypes and, you know, just kind of their info and it starts out pretty good. You know, it's, uh, you know, of course they're defining BDSM. As an umbrella term for uh, bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism, masochism, and uh, you know they they really start they really get it pretty good right here, and uh, uh, um, so you know they uh, uh, they start out pretty good, and uh, you know and then they have these archetypes, and so I'm going to do somewhat of a deep dive into this, but I'm going to try not to make it be like too exhaustive because I can, you know, um, a lot of the questions, so I'll go into the questions in just a moment, but a lot of the questions, um, you know, have some problems with them, but I'm not going to go through every question because obviously it'll, it'll just take a long time because this is quite a long test. And so, um, you know, their, their archetypes are what they do for like the different roles. And, um, this is where the biggest problem is. And, um, I don't have anything against uh, uh, younger people. Uh, I'm not very old myself. Uh, I, I don't consider myself, well, I lean towards, like, I really like the history of BDSM. I really like where we came from. I like our Leatherman past. Uh, I like that old guard ritual and tradition. I prefer it. Uh, and the reason I do prefer it is because um, I like things that work well. And so, uh, apart from a few areas of more old guard philosophy, um, a lot of it works really well. It's tried and true. It has a lot of years behind it, and it just really works. Uh, in my dynamic, I find that when I apply that philosophy and those principles, it really works well. Uh, some of the differences, some of the improvements that the new generation has made to BDSM are a, a lot more inclusivity, a lot more diversity, 
and uh, just you know um, what was once uh, a gay man's uh, um, uh, leather uh, culture uh, now you know it's more pansexual and lots of people are involved uh, there are lots of people from different sexual orientations uh, different gender identities there's just a lot it, it's really opened up and you even see it uh, emulated in pop culture and so it there is a little bit more of a normalization of BDSM in our in our popular culture and so you know that those are some things some new generation things that have changed that have done well um, some of the things that like these you'll see in these archetypes in just a second as I scroll more down them um, this is where we've gone wrong and so uh, and and I'll tell you why because it um, if you know the you know how everything works together uh, it's not that it's not that you know there's one way and it's the only way but it's more that uh, words have definitions and they have meanings now they can have different meanings in different contexts but you know um, uh, you know a isn't isn't necessarily B and so uh, it, it you know we'll just see that in just a second here so um, they start off well they um, do good with their explanation of BDSM overall um, almost any BDSM book will have this in it and so it's really good they're offering that uh, and then they get down here and this is where they start to confuse it and um, uh, well this, this is where it starts to go wrong it starts to be begin to unravel and so they 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 start out pretty good dominants like to be in charge some like to have their partner obey with uh, without questioning others like some resistance while taking it their way why do they add that because you know uh, you know it's not it's not uh you know this is new and unique to this this website and uh, or it was at one time um the new generation kind of starts around 2005 ish and um and starts to uh add this level of resistance uh uh you know um uh, that's not, you know, th there may be people out there that like a level of resistance, but that's more of a topping and bottoming scenario and less of a DS scenario, uh, dom and submission. Um, uh, some are dominant only in the bedroom, but, the, you know, dominant only in the bedroom is, is topping and bottoming, generally speaking. It's not, it's not really DS. It becomes DS when... Others are dominant throughout their daily life. So DS really is more so uh, people who are dominant in, uh, in other areas of their life other than just the bedroom. When it's in the bedroom, it's more of a topping and bottom, bottom scenario. And then the D and the S really are more of a role play. It's less of an identity and it's more of a role play. And that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with having it, having it only in the bedroom and, or, you know, having it in your daily life. There, you know, topping and bottoming is no less than, uh, you know, being in a DS power exchange relationship. They're, they're just different things. They're not, they, the, the test here groups them together and, you know, it, it kind of really unravels. And then it puts this in here. Unlike the top roles, giving pain, bondage, and degradation, de <laughs> degrading, uh, being dominant is more about who decides what happens and takes the responsibility that comes with it. 
than about the content of what happens. So it's funny that they talk about this only in the bedroom, which is another, which is a DS role play, and somehow separate it from top roles. And why are the top roles uh, S&M related and bondage and 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 degrading? But then we'll see down here as we get down, they they make some of these as roles and um, they make them as uh, specific roles that you would have. Um, topping is any kind of kink that you do, uh, that you give, and um, that you generally give or lead. It's not they're not actual roles. You're just a you know the role is top, and so it, and top encompasses or is the umbrella for a number of different kinks and you can have you don't just have necessarily one kink that you're interested in often you often incorporate several different to make a scene and so um it's funny that they separate these into top roles and they and then they define them as you know as specific roles where the role itself the, the role is top and the role and you know another role is dominant and so and then again, submissive is just kind of the opposite. Um, you know, it, it adds this. Some like to give the control away to their partner. Some like to have it forcibly taken from them. Now, see that before this website, um, this uh, this forcibly taken is a, is related to Sam or a smart ass masochist. Is it's related primarily to to a bottom. It, it's a bottoming scenario. And it has to do with primal, and it has to do with um, with uh, masochism, with receiving that you know the only receiving pain. And if it if it is in a forcibly taken away scenario, then it's most likely in a role play, not in an identity itself. And so this this test begins to unravel and begins to add these different elements. Uh, where did now? Uh, my question is, where did they get this from? And where do they get it to add that a dominant uh, that dominance like resistance and that uh, submissives like to have their submission forcibly taken from them? They, you know, they kind of pull it out of thin air and they pull it out of an, an, a philosophy that blurs the lines between roles, which are identities and uh, and uh, and, you know, and then tops and bottoms. And so really how we kind of got here was there was a point in time in our culture when tops and bottoms were seen as less than submissives and dominance. And some people would say that, or dominance and submissives, and some would say during that period of time, wrongly, some would say that top and bottom was less than, that if you wanted to be a true top or bottom, you needed to be either a dom or a submissive. And the, and so we somewhat created the monster that we have, and the monster isn't a specific person, it's just this philosophy. And so we somewhat created this philosophy where top and bottom was somehow seen as less than. And here, but here it also, it elevates it to, it elevates these top and bottom kinks to actual roles, and it doesn't do a very good job of it. And so sadists, uh, sadists uh, enjoy inflicting pain and masochists enjoy receiving pleasurable pain. And so sadists enjoy giving, it says certain types, which should say pleasurable pain to their partners. Um, and it's not always in a sexual context. And we'll see that 
throughout this whole test, we'll see that it it puts BDSM in a lot of a in a more sexualized place, where BDSM isn't always inherently sexual. Um, we know this because in the new generation we've we're more inclusive, and we ha have uh, asexual people who are able to uh, to uh, participate in kink, and so. Excuse me. A kink isn't always inherently sexual, and so in sadism, you can you can have Im an impact scene with nothing sexual, no types of penetration, no uh, no touching, no inappropriate touching. You can have an impact scene that is just impact, just kink related, and has nothing sexual in it. But we see that this uh, test brings us a sexual element in, and so. Um, you got sadists and masochists, and um, uh, and then we, you know, it falls apart here. Why does it get, Why does it highlight a rigor? Uh, now, a rigor uh, it is not somebody who just likes to tie up and restrain their partners using rope or other attributes, a um, like cuffs. A rigor is, by definition, is someone who is interested in suspension. Is someone who uses things like pulleys and, uh, and maybe ropes, maybe chains, but it, it rigging, the very definition of rigging is that suspension. It's to, to hoist up into the air. It comes from uh, the, uh, it comes from uh, the, the naval, the old naval, the old uh, sailor kind of mentality of the types of people who used ropes to rig up sails, to draw sails up into the air on on ships. And so that's what a rigger is. A you know, a rigger is not some is not a is not the same as a rope top. And a rigger is not is not the same as just somebody a, a as a top who enjoys bondage using cuffs and restraints. Um, rope is, you know, why does it automatically jump to rope? Um, for very new beginner people who are get just getting in, rope can be somewhat problematic. There's a lot of safety involved. There's a huge learning curve. And, you know, it's not where I suggest that people just start into BDSM, just jump right into rope. Usually, you know, uh, we start with like, you know, cuffs and, uh, uh, maybe bedroom bondage of some type, and you know um, those types of restraints have a, you know, are a lot safer than than jumping right into rope, and so um, it, it just it's it it confounds me that it jumps right into rigor and rope money as these as the the umbrella terms it uses for everything involved with bondage. Uh, because bond rope as well isn't isn't uh, rope isn't inherently about restraint a lot of times, especially in the shibari ex a aspect of rope. It's not as much about restraining someone as it is the journey that, and the connection that you make uh, uh, with your partner with the rope. So it's less about um, rest restraint. Restraint is like tying somebody down, get, um, um, getting them down, or, or um, uh, you know, attaching them to a bed or a post, attaching them to a cross so they can't get away, so that they're, uh, you know, they're powerless. 
And re so that's what restraint is. And some, some of it is, you know, some of rope isn't even about restraint. Some of it is about the connection that you have with your partner. And so, um, you know, but, you know, I can overlook the restraint part to an aspect, but I cannot overlook how it, it how it groups everything related with bondage into these, these categories of rope, because rope is not, you know, isn't necessarily at the forefront of all bondage. There's a lot of people who are into bondage who never pick up rope and, and the people that just aren't into rope. And then why does it put, use the word, this very misogynistic kind of terminology for rope, for a rope bottom and call it a rope bunny? Why would it call it a rope bunny? That just, you know, um, a lot of people do not identify well with this, and and again, why is it? Uh, why does it uh, do everything that has to do with bondage? Why does it group it under the umbrella of rope? And so, um, it's just it kind of dumb. I'm I'm just like my jaw drops that uh, all these people who have an interest in in bondage of any type. And there's a lot of different kinds of bondage. There's cages and vacuum beds and mummification. And there's just, there's just this whole huge group of, of restraint and that has nothing to do with rope. And it, but it groups it all together and it confuse you know, it really, you know, anyone who, you know, people are running around saying that their role is a rigger and a rope bunny and they don't have anything to do with rope and one isn't suspending and it just, you know, why, why, why would they make these as their archetypes is my question I asked. And then you know, it, um, I go, we go to master, mistress, and slave, um, uh, complete control over the life of their slaves and all the responsibilities that come with it. And that um, uh, their power exchange is present 24 seven and in all aspects of their life um, is not, necessarily how an MS relationship is. And so it really puts this huge emphasis on, on, um, on like a total power exchange, but you know, different MS relationships are different. You know, there's, there is not, um, not everybody, uh, does, you know, total power exchange. And so in, it does give room for that, but it says, except for ne negotiated exceptions, such as during their office jobs. Why does it have to? Why does it have to use a very misogynistic terminology? Like, is that all that slaves or women or, you know, is that all that people, you know, can do? Is just they can only just have like office jobs, like very passive, perhaps jobs. Why can't they be firemen or, you know, why why can't they be police officers? Why can't they have very, you know, why can't they be executives? You know, see, you know, we. We, you really are putting people kind of down into a certain thing. So it's just interesting. And they, they even mention office jobs again down here. So it's just kind of this really kind of awkward, um, you know, I know it's just one example, but it really, if you're going to give one example, why did you, you know, why did you pick a very passive job? And so, I mean, I'm not trying to really nitpick, but, um, you know, as we've seen, they've kind of done, um, kind of a disservice and then as well is um we're gonna have to kind of ask ourselves these questions but how does it shape its questions in order to give people results that are going to point them to dom and sub 
or appoint them to master and master, mistress and slave. Like, how are they going to be able to um, to shape their questions so that somebody would even be interested in to in either of these uh, different power exchange relationships? Um, but then, you know, it it really kind of glosses over the the differences between them. It also, you know, in a uh, it puts these different top and bottom roles uh, into uh, in, in, these top and bottom uh, kinks into roles, but it doesn't explain that those types of roles are more power neutral, and it doesn't explain the difference between a power exchange and a power neutral. See, because in a rope, you know, in in a rope top and a rope bottom uh, dynamic or like a scenario, both of the people in, uh, may, uh, that are involved in that top and bottom uh, um, scene, they both retain their autonomy. There's not an exchange of power. The, the, in, within the scene, there's, um, there may be somebody leading and following, but they're not exchanging power. Just somebody is being tied up and someone is doing the tying. And they're both are, uh, you know, while one one is more so giving and the other is more so receiving, the 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 top also does quite a bit of receiving, in the uh, in the scene because he receives that feedback and he really receives that fulfillment of giving. And so this degrader and degradee are are that's just to kink that's just a type of kink and can encompass you know humiliation and degrad and degrading are two different kinks see they're not they don't go together humiliation and degrading are not the same thing they are different levels uh, there's also objectification and there's there's uh, and then there's uh, shame as well and they all uh, are they all somewhat separate and different and they and they there's a lot of different kinks that are involved in one one may be in somebody may be into one and someone may not be into the other but they're not a role you're it's not a role that you take you don't say I'm a just a degradee or I'm a degrader that's my role in BDSM that's just kinks that people enjoy you don't have to have any special dynamic in order to in to participate in these kinks and then it brings this owner and pet, and it and it separates them out, and uh, and it, again it throws this twenty four seven basis in here, and you know traditionally owner and pet before before pet play became like little kittens and puppies and that sort of thing, uh, you know what it is today where it's more of a role play, the role the it was traditionally an MS master slave based role of owner and pet and the pet was uh was you know uh, uh so was extremely objectified and so it was it had a high degree of of objectification in that relationship and so that the the pet was was owned and the owner was a master and uh you know the master of the pet and so the owner handler position uh used to be primarily an MS, a master slave. And so this kind of separates it out and they ask some kind of strange questions that have more to do with role play. And uh, like, you know, it says role play here. And, uh, and so, you know, it just kind of, I don't know why they would 
really give a huge emphasis to this dynamic for a lot of you know in a lot of ways it's the same as ms but in a lot of in you know not to cause a lot of erasure or anything but it's not uh, in that same level it's a very select a very niche community within the bdsm community within the master slave uh, uh within master slave dynamics owner and pet more so today is more of a niche and so there's not, you know, what kind of questions are they asking that get people to this, you know, to this place? And then here's another big one where we have a huge problem. And it's not a problem with people liking the kink of uh, liking to top and bottom the kink. It's the fact that we have created these roles out of thin air, basically, that are these brat tamer and these brat and why did we name them Brat Tamer and Brat when, you know, they were traditionally a, a, a sadist, you know, a, a more sadistic top and a more masochistic uh, bottom was, you know, was the was the role, uh, traditionally speaking, of, you know, the um, the really sadistic top uh, in a scene would negotiate with certain. And and, well, and here's the other thing is they're not dominants, and they're not submissives. That's the big the big thing. Why why do they group this? That you know they separate. Let me come back up here because I want to show you why I'm you know why this gets me is in dominant they separate dominant from top roles from these top roles right here, and one of them is giving pain. So why do they separate these as top roles, unlike they separate top roles from dominance? And but why, when they come down here, do they uh, include a the giving pain, the dominant uh, dominant with a kink? Why do they confuse a dominant with a top role and the the uh, a submissive with a bottom role? Why do they do that? Where did they, you know, it has caused a huge number of problems. And the problem is, is that people are confused uh, about, um, you know, and uh, let me, let me step back for just a second and say, whatever you negotiate within your own dynamic is, is perfectly fine. You do you in the bedroom, but from a teaching standpoint, from a pointing people to, uh, you know that are new to the lifestyle pointing them in the direction of 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 you know of what things mean and how things fit together why would they take it upon themselves to confuse a top role with a dominant in just this one instance because they don't put dom they don't add dominant to any of the other any of the other kink based uh, top and bottom roles that they that they make into their own like little mini roles. They don't they don't put submissive and dominant with any of the other ones. They only do it with brat and brat tamer, and you know and so they are really muddying up and confusing what it means to be a top and a bottom. And so anyone who is who likes to top and likes to bottom or likes to switch between top and bottom, you you know the, should take offense. To the to this test, to the fact that they have taken a, a top and bottom kink and given it away to a power exchange dynamic, and, and in essence teaching new people that 
um, that you have to be in some type of power exchange in order to enjoy what was previously a top and bottom scene, a top and bottom role play scene, and and uh, and it was basically a, a you know a this uh, sadistic top, which they've renamed Brat Tamer, uh, within a scene enjoyed the playfulness and uh, and 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 not from a submissive but from a bottom. Um, you know, and they enjoyed uh, within that scene that the bottom would kind of edge on, would kind of um, would kind of uh, be, you know, playfully uh, rude or pay, you know try to really egg on the 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 sadist to get more pain. Uh, a, a a bottom that was more sadistic or was that was more masochistic was looking for an increased level of pain and looking for really somewhat of a primal connection because see primal play is also a top bottom kink and so this 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 bratting is really more so it has either to do with uh, with sadomasochism or with primal play and so a primal play isn't always about natural instincts it's not always about it's not really about animals really it's more. It is more about raw emotional uh, play, and it's not always about sexual stuff. Sometimes it's about uh, on the end that it's not sexual is more of this right here, when it is about somebody, uh, you know, uh, being, you know, wanting that, uh, wanting that pain and wanting to get a real primal reaction of somebody to lash out and give them that, you know, stronger impact. Or, uh, you know, really, you know, to bring somewhat more of the predator out of somebody and bring that real primal instinct that, you know, heighten up the scene. And so, you know, we really, it's, you know, it's somewhat more of a problem now because the, uh, now we've created this whole level of submissive that previously didn't exist. And now we've created, or, you know, culture has created all of this stuff to try to fit Brat and Brat Tamer into DS relationships, into a DS dynamic where it never was. It's not really, it doesn't really fit. I mean, you can really kind of force the square peg into a round hole and somewhat kind of make it fit, but it's really a top and bottom scenario. It always kind of has been. It still is when it plays out for the most part. And, you know, it's not, you know, why, I just have to ask why. Why did they take DNS and, and, and only in this Brat Tamer and Brat make it about DNS instead of top and bottom, where everything else they clearly are more about top and bottom. And so Primal, we've gone through that real quick. This whole, you know, the daddy, mommy, and boy, girl, they, it really confuses age play. They kind of take age play and littles and they smash them together. And they, so, you know, they're not really clear. Uh, age play, a, li a little is more of a, a little and a daddy is more of a, a DS type of relationship, you know, with a little bit more of a caretake, take caretaker slant to it. But, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of in their questioning, they kind of smash, even though they do um, uh, define age play here underneath, which, which is you know which is good that they do that. 
you know, the people that play with younger or older ages. But when we see in the questioning, they, you know, it's really unclear. It looks like more so that they kind of smashed the two together. And we see that they ask questions about nurturing, but nurturing isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily exclusive to DDLG or uh, MDLB. It's not, nurturing isn't necessarily exclusive because in a lot of DS and MS roles, we see a lot of nurturing and caring for, uh, for the subs and slaves. And so, um, uh, and then, you know, kind of lastly, getting down to these last few things here. Really, on a BDSM test, exhibition and voyeur are just very kink-related. And, uh, of course, it, it makes them all about uh, sexual activity. And uh, and so, they're, these, are, uh, these are just really broad kink-based things and don't really belong necessarily on a BDSM test. Um, they're more, uh, you know, you see them a lot in vanilla culture. You see them in swinging culture. Uh, really, you know, this whole experimentalist thing. Why are you even taking a test if you're not curi curious? If you have a closed mind, why are you even taking the test? It seems like kind of a, a moot point. Like, why even add this as a thing? Why bring non-monogamy really into the test as well? Um, it it, uh, uh, it non-monogamy is not a kink, and so these other things that they have in there are really kink-based, and so um, you know it's it's just kind of strange that they would add non-monogamy as you know some as a point of kink, and so. Um, really, what they use, their terminology for non-monogamy uh, is basically uh, sexual. Sexuality is more than just between them and one fixed partner. And so they make it all about sex. And when, like my non-monogamy, one, one of my relationships is asexual and, and the other is, is a DS relationship, and so I'm polyamorous, but not all of my relationships are about sex. And so I really kind of take issue with their, you know, sexualization of a lot of these different things. And so then switches, well, like they, they switch. That's kind of, you know, there are different types of switching and some are more common than others. And I've taken heat in the past, but I'm going to keep saying it because it, you know, um, what's right is right. I mean, I can't, I'm not gonna, you know, change something just because, uh, you know, people don't like that they, or don't know that the different definitions exist and don't like it. But switching is, uh, is someone is generally speaking people who like to top and bottom. Uh, they like to both top and they like to switch between topping and bottoming in a, uh, in a top and bottom in, within scenes. It's it, sometimes it is people who <coughs> are a dominant in one relationship and a submissive in another relationship. And rarely is it someone who is both a dominant and a submissive in the same relationship because functionally it's difficult to be both a dominant and a submissive because you'd have to find someone else who's also willing to be a dominant and a submissive and it's really difficult to do well or to functionally pull off 
in the same relationship because of the encompassing nature of dominance and submission because dominance and submission isn't just in the bedroom unless you're just doing it for role play it's not just in the bedroom it's in everyday life and so it's terribly difficult to switch in your everyday life between dominant and submissive it almost becomes chaos so it's really it would take a very special person to do it within the same relationship and so a lot of times when people are talking about switching what they're really talking about whether they realize it or not is they're talking about topping and bottoming in the bedroom or topping and bottoming in scenes and switching back and forth between those two and they may switch back and forth between the role play in the bedroom of dominant and submissive but outside the bedroom they're not typically dom and sub within the same relationship outside of the bedroom or outside of scenes and so that is more rare and a lot of people just they don't understand i'm not trying to erase anybody i'm not trying to say that it's not valid i'm just saying that it's more rare than what people are typically talking about and so um it says here that some prefer to switch with the same partner or partners I, others have see it says it right here dominant play and submissive play you know and so it when it has that adds that word play to it, it's adding role play role play it's adding scene specific top and bottom role play and then I don't know how they judge vanilla I went through here and took this whole entire test and put absolutely zero on everything and only got 64% vanilla and zero on everything else I don't know where the other 36 went I was I was only 64% vanilla instead of 100% vanilla so their 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 algorithm is really fucked up and I don't know how they come up with that I've contacted them in the past and I don't know you know what they do let me look at just a few questions and I'll just um, I'll just kind of go through um, it's really you know uh, they their gender is you know is very restrictive uh, for being um, more, uh, and then their, you know, their orientation. These things, you know, why are we even providing this information? Um, I guess maybe for them to use on their side, but none of these things are going to, uh, you know, I don't think they have any bearing on the test itself, on what you're going to get. And, um, of course, they have a short and simple test or a long test. Um, I, I'll click on the long one, and then really with a new person or the scope, you know, unless you really know what you're going to like, um, how are they going, you know, um, you know, if you're, you know, you're not really going to know whether you're more submissive, more of a masochist, more dominant, more of a sadist, you're really going to have to go over and read these archetypes before you start the test, even know what these terms mean if you're really new. And this, a lot of new people are taking this thing, and so... You know, and then here's the thing, dominated, especially in the bedroom. See, this is where we start to have problems is because the questions are very vague. We don't know how when we answer any of these different things, if we answer here or answer here or somewhere in between, we don't know how it's pointing us to certain archetypes that, that you know, and their archetypes are skewed. And then we don't know how they're getting us to them and what percentage is getting us in those We've taken the test numerous times with the same exact answers and got came up with different um, percentages. So it's really somewhat prog problematic with their algorithm. But here's the thing is, 
you know, you like to be dominated, especially in the bedroom, especially in the bedroom part. If you like to be dominated, you may be into into D. You may be more of a submissive. But if it's especially in the bedroom, you may be more of a bottom. And so you may not be interested in everyday life uh, uh, DS. And so um, this, uh, you know, like to receive pain during sex and BDSM. Why does it, this is the problem I have. Why does it put sex and BDSM together? Why, why does it have to be sexualized? And we'll see that this is all about here. You know, I like to make, you know, I like making the sexual decisions for my partner. You know, that's a more of a top and, and, and not necessarily a, um, not necessarily DS. It, it could be, but it's not always about sexual things. And so, um, a little playful resistance from my partners and, and, you know, is that brat or is it, you know, what, wh where does that fall? And so, you know, forcing my partner into submission, what is that, you know, how do you, you're not really forcing anyone into submission, you know, uh, you know, uh, much more than submitting spontaneously. Submission is submission. Uh, submission is, is, is not, the dominant doesn't make somebody submit. Submission is always, is, is somebody yielding themselves. Uh, there's no, there's nothing that someone that I can do to force somebody to yield to me. You know, I can't, there's not enough pain that I can give them to make them in their heart yield to me. They have to want to yield to me of themselves, fully of themselves. And so, uh, feeling physically overpowered is, is a sexual feeling. It's all sex, sex, sex. I like to have sex with multiple people at the same time. Sex, sex, sex. I'm glad it does say consent is is essential right here. That's really good, um, you know. And it does say to research before engaging in any serious form of BDSM. I don't know what they consider serious, and so what they but they point people to rope, which is very serious right off the bat. Which is really uh, oh, I got to answer all these questions, so I'm just gonna drop it back down. I didn't realize it. I had to do that to go to this page, next page here. And so I enjoy when people watch me being naked or having sex. Why is everything so sexualized with this BD? It's about a BDSM, which is encompasses all kinds of dynamics and isn't, you know, anyone who isn't interested really doesn't have strong feelings about sex. Taking this test is not, you know, what kind of answers are they going to get? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then they, you know, I like to command my partner and they'd obey like a puppet. Really? You know, why is that the view that they have of MS? Because, you know, people, you know, there's a long periods of training and negotiation in MS and no one is being made into being a puppet or a doormat. Everyone, everything is negotiated and, and people are getting their desires fulfilled. It just, you know, it's just so skewed and making making sexual decisions again. Why is it sex? And, you know, uh, making my partners do disgusting things. It's, you know, like, how do we, uh, you know, why is there a, um, a negativity associated? Why are we putting, uh, you know, putting us back, uh, you know, a hundred years back into 
when paraphilias were considered perversions. And so why are we, you know, what, what is, what constitutes something being disgusting is very subjective. It could be anything. Some people think that, uh, you know, that cum or semen is, is disgusting. And some people like, you know, in, in the vanilla sense, like to have it all over themselves. And so it's, you know, like to receive a facial or something. And so one person thinks it's disgusting and another doesn't. Is that, does that have to do with degrading? Because, you know, what you feel is disgusting without defining the terms doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that for the other person. And so, you know, these, these questions are not worded really well for it being a test that so many people are taking. I'm willing to try anything once, even if I don't think I'll like it. Well, you know, it, you, you, people should come into uh, BDSM with some limits. Like, you should have some limits. You know, I'm, I'm willing to try anything once. Amputation fetish. No, I'm not willing to have a body part amputated. So, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, that may seem like an extreme example, but it's what's extreme to you may not be extreme to somebody else. And so when you're coming and playing, you, you know, uh, this question is just, you know, really vague and not, doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, here we go. Physically restraining my partner during sex or BDSM with clothes, attributes, ropes, and chains is arousing. But, you know, if, if, I, if I'm not into ropes, it doesn't have, like, cuffs here, uh, really, you know. And why does it have chains? You know, like, chains and ropes... You know, we're really kind of extreme things, especially this, this is taken by more new people. And then I like sending nude and sexual pictures of myself to others. It's like, you know, what does that have to do with anything BDSM related? It's not, it doesn't have anything. And so I like to be totally helpless, physically unable to resist what they do. Is, is that a bondage question or... um uh, is that a DDLG question? They like to be, you know, uh, totally at their partner's disposal. They like to be in a diaper in a crib. I mean, like, what is it? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, being spoiled, receiving care, being spoiled are some of the things I'm looking for in a relationship. What does that have to do with BDSM? Um, uh, large age differences in sexual encounters and relationships. What does that have to do with anything? Because age has nothing to do with age play, because age play is a uh, is just a kink and it's a role play. It's not necessarily that there are large age differences. It's just that they're playing those things. And then, you know, I have a thing for large age differences. Mommy and daddy, uh, you know, DDLG isn't about large age differences necessarily. Um, I'm in a, uh, you know, I am in a DDLG relationship and my little is older than me, but you know, but I'm the daddy. And so, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. What is that question? What does it have to do with anything? And what, and what are the answers that we're going to get from answering these absurd questions? And then we get pointed in a direction for a role and, you know, and we, so we have people running around aimlessly in the wrong direction, um, given the wrong information from the start about what is top and bottom and what is dom and sub. And, you know, and we wonder why there's chaos. We wonder why there's all these crazy Facebook groups and crazy groups in real life and why people, you know, don't, don't know things well. And, you know, we, we, you know, we just, you know, 
everything is somewhat chaotic and uh, you know people are taking um you know these uh things that you know are really tried and true and kind of flipping them uh in into being some you know uh, some really heavy modification of those things and then they're coming to people like us BDSM educators and they're asking us behind the scenes now you everyone you know may not be having any problems but we see you know thousands and thousands of messages from people that are having all of these problems in their dynamic and they can't figure out why it's not working and they're trying to do things that don't work they're trying to do things that are like these made-up things that so this test told them that they should be looking into uh, into one aspect of something, and they're wondering why you know they're 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 confused because they're not you know that's not what they're looking for, and then they try to fit themselves into it, and they uh, they a lot of times they put themselves in dangerous situations like getting involved in rope too early without knowing the safety involved and. You know, just because they think that they have to be, if they're into bondage, they have to be in the rope or getting into more of the, um, the the bratting kind of dynamic, and they're wondering why their partner isn't isn't accepting of it, or they're trying to take somebody. They they get this result that they should be, uh, they may be into dom and sub or into master and slave, and they're wondering why their partner isn't more dominant or their other partner isn't more submissive and they can't figure it out. And it's because a test is like taking these absurd questions and, and kind of, you know, forced us into these archetypes that aren't even accurate. And then, you know, spit out these random, uh, you know, however it comes up with using its algorithm, this random hodgepodge mix up mashup of, uh, of these, you know, of this direction that people, you know, start to go into and start to look into. It just, it's all a huge problem. And so a lot of times people will, um, will, you know, take this test and, you know, and, you know, like it's the very first thing that they have to go by or one of the very first things. And so it really shapes, starts to shape the direction. And so let me stop right here. You know, being treated tra treated with little or no respect during sex and BDSM. What is you know, you know, we always respect, even though we degrade or humiliate. It's so we always respect our you know, and because consent equals respect, and so it's just, it just has so many problems. I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna going to uh, uh, pull up a uh, a, uh, a re resource that I that I use here and. Uh, let me see if I can open it up here and uh, uh, so what do we suggest people use um, we don't we don't uh, we don't suggest that they use a uh, 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 where is it at? we don't suggest that they use a test at all we suggest that they use a kink um a kink checklist i cannot find mine where did it go and so let me i can pull it up in a different window here and so i mean i i uh i'm sorry i'm rambling for just a moment but i'm trying to 
uh, you know, come up with this uh, this checklist. I thought I had it right, easily accessible, and I gotta open it. I gotta find it and open it while I'm talking. And so, what we suggest is that people uh, um, use a kink uh, checklist. And so, we suggest that you uh, maybe buy a BDSM book. There are a bunch of different ones. And so here's the image that I was looking for right here. Um, let me see if I can open it in this other window here. Let's see if I can open it right there. All right, there we go. We got it open. Um, let me see if I can center this a little better. All right. So this is what we suggest people use in order to in order to um, discover and other than a test. This is traditionally what people use to discover their their kinks and whatnot. And so this is called a negotiation checklist or a kink checklist. This is what you use for a scene to negotiate play scenes. It's not suitable for negotiating like BDSM relationships or relationship dynamics, but this is how you get, you know, this is how you find out what you're into. And so it's separated here by impact play, bondage, sensation play. It does have room for sex. It, you know, it, it allows you to draw on things that you want to feel in a relationship, uh, what safe words are, the amount of marks, what kind of aftercare. Down here it talks about your, um, you know, who's going to be involved in a scene, what the triggers are, any medical conditions, injuries, STI status if it's applicable, allergies, uh, any kind of thing that you may have. And then you can show on this picture here uh, anywhere you can mark, anywhere you do not want to be touched. If something's off limits, you can mark it. And so, and, uh, uh, you know, of course you go through um, what type of impact play and you research, you, you look up stingy or heavy you see flogging, whips, spanking, paddles, canes. Um, you see here, it says, I want to be a top, a bottom, or a switch. And you can, you know, it starts, you you go through, and you go through with, like, you can go to a Kinkley dictionary. You can go to any of these dictionaries online, these BDSM sites, and you start to look up and do your own research. If you think you may be interested in the sensation of impact play, then you go and you look and you see, oh, well, this is stingy, this is study, this is heavy, this is light. This is what these different things mean. These are the options that are available to me. And then you go through and, and you, bondage. Oh, what am I, you know, do I just, you know, there's a certain aspects of mental bondage where somebody tells you to sit still or tells you to hold still and, you're, you know, requires you to. Um, hold certain positions of bondage. Their slave positions are a, a type of bondage. And so maybe that's something you're interested in exploring with somebody. Or leather or cuffs. Uh, and, you know, you can look up and see what cuffs are. You can, um, 
you know, there's cages, floor bondage, suspension, what different kinds of ties, collar and lead. Maybe that's something you're interested. Maybe blindfolds or gags or hoods. You know, all of these different types of things are, you know, we, you should look up and you should look in a dictionary or go to a BDSM website or look in a BDSM book and, you know, research each of these different types of things to see what types of bondage are available if that's something you're interested in. If you think you may be interested in it, read about it and you'll know, oh, well, nah, I don't know, that doesn't sound too interesting to me. On what level? And then maybe, um, you know, find someone who, who uh, after vetting them, someone you trust, Somebody who's willing to, um, you know, top or bottom, you know, top for you or bottom for you and allow you to experiment very lightly with some of these different things with the things that you've researched on your own. You know, um, a lot of times people will research for months before they actually get into scenes. And so sensation play, you know, what are things that I, I'm into? Now, you can circle things. Um, you can, you know, you, you get you circle things you're into, and you cross out things that you don't want, things that are hard or soft limits for a scene. You know, maybe you want to play, so be playing with your hair or pulling your hair, pressure points, mind fucks, uh, scratching, electricity, exhibitionism, biting, licking, edge play, nipples, sensory deprivation, all these different types of sensation play. And then are you interested in cuddling, groping, kissing, uh, fluid exchange? That would be like breeding or something like that. Dirty talk. You know, maybe you're not into dirty talk or fluid exchange. and Maybe you don't are not into giving or receiving oral. Or maybe, you, you know, you, you know, have uh, difficulty with orgasms. And, you know, it's not something you really want to explore with somebody. Uh, maybe you don't want any intimacy or sex with someone. You just want to play on the kink scale, uh, the more kinky things, you know, penetration, fingers, and, and where can they go, you know. Um, and, you know, what kinds of feelings are you looking for in a scene? Do you want it to be more playful or serious? serious? Um, you know, do you want it to be more masochistic or sadistic? Those were, you know, you would circle those things if you were looking for more of a bratty scene. Oh, my goodness. If you're looking to top or bottom and looking to, you know, uh, push, push it in a more primal kind of way. And so, you know, safe words. Are we going to use the red, yellow, green, a, a specific word, nonverbal, you know, uh, plain language? Are we just going to talk in regular English? I'm going to tell you, no, stop. I'm not going to want that. You know, if we circle it, we know we're not using special safe words, then stop actually means stop, and no means no. Well, you know, we can fill it in. Um, you know, maybe we don't want any marks. Maybe we want to be marked forever. Maybe we want permanent marks, you know. Uh, it all depends. Uh, we want, but if we're, if there are limits, we want to start checking things that are not our limits. You know, aftercare. What kind of aftercare are we looking for in this, in our scene? And so, you know, you, you print off you know, 10 or 20 of these, and you start crafting scenes that you want to either top or bottom or both, you know, and you circle, okay, I want to top, and this is how you build scenes. A lot of times people will ask, I don't, well, I don't know how to build a scene. 
Well, that's because you haven't used a kink checklist. And so you, this is how you build a scene. You, you build it based on what you want to feel, you know, what you're, what you want to do. And you can try to find a bottom that fits your scene. And then if they have certain limitations out of the things that you've crafted, you could just cross those things or scratch those things out and go, okay, well, that's not going to work with this partner. And so this is what we suggest that you utilize is a kink checklist. Oh, sorry, I didn't scroll down far enough to where you could see the bottom. I was talking about some things that are not there. Um, let me let me scroll it up here so you can see down at the bottom. Sorry, there was safe words and there was this. Uh, you know, this was the uh, you know where you can mark uh, the places that are not able to be touched. And medical conditions, injuries, allergies, STI status. If you know partners, different triggers. If you've been in trauma, you need to know what triggers are involved. And so, you know, um, that is where we I'll go back to the BDSM test. And so, that is, you know, where we are at with, uh, uh, you know, I. I think I've discussed enough about the test that you know, uh, you know the problems that I found with it. You know, it's hypersexualized. Uh, it, you know, it confuses the archetypes. It points people in directions that you know aren't necessary. Um, you know, really, when we get into BDSM, uh, a lot of times it's a, a good place to start with experimenting is in top and bottom scenarios. Because, you know, we're not necessarily, unless we're looking for an actual relationship, a D DS relationship or a MS relationship, you know, those are things we want to read about and see what's involved because just, you know, uh, some random test cannot give us the information that we need to adequately know whether or not we're interested in a DS, a DDLG, or an MS type of relationship. And so this test is not adequate to really even point you in those directions, really, because there's not enough, you know, the questions are very vague and, um, you know, uh, you really need to know when you come into BDSM, you need, you need to be told that, you know, there's a couple different options for you to even start. Are you just wanting to experiment with kinks or are you wanting to pursue a relationship? Because uh, DS... MS, DDLG, those are relationship dynamics. And so that is all about forming a actual relationship, whether short or long term, but it is a relationship dynamic. And it doesn't have to be the only relationship you're in. You can be polyamorous and have different relationships, of course, but you know, it is relationship based. And topping and bottoming is not necessarily relationship based in the same way. It is more. It can be more friendship based, or you can go to a dungeons and you can have uh, top and bottom scenes with uh, people that have been vetted by the the, the DMs there, the dungeon masters or dungeon monitors. So people will be still be vetted in those scenarios, but they are cleared to give you certain kinks uh, as a top or to bottom and receive and allow you, or kind of even walk you through, kind of help you through. Um, spanking them or something like that and so you know in in certain in certain scenarios topping and bottoming isn't necessarily about a relationship and so if you're looking to 
do the more uh, more of a bratting scene. It's not necessary not necessary to be in a relationship with the person that you do that in. You can just do that kind of top and bottom scene, uh, that sadist and masochist primal type of scene uh, as a top and bottom. And so you can do it with just about anyone. But if you're looking to be in a relationship and you're looking to submit or be a dumb, there's certain a certain level of character involved. There's certain levels of relationship-based things involved uh, that you'll want to develop. And so it's you know DS and MS is not inherently about the kink. You may be doing some topping and bottoming, but it's more about the relationship. And so it's less about the kink, more about the relationship. Um, you know and uh, any and all of BDSM can be uh, sexual or non-sexual. It doesn't have to be. This test really sexualizes everything, adds a lot of vanilla aspects to things with like the uh, exhibitionism and voyeur and their non-monogamy that I didn't really get into a whole bunch, but really hyper-sexualizes a bunch of things, which I'm not a fan of. And uh, I think it's somewhat problematic. Uh, and so that's kind of where we've, you know where we are as a culture now is there is somewhat of a of uh, there's people that uh, are more old guard that uh, or more traditional and that they understand that that DS and MS is relationship based they understand what topping and bottoming is they understand that that's kink based and 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 how you can participate in those things and they don't really confuse the two or don't really merge the two together. And then in a new generation uh, is more so everything is kind of mixed up. And you'll see people confusing topping and bottoming kinks with DS a lot of times. Or and you know really just trying to make up new things in order to fit kinks into relationship dynamics. And um, you know with a limited amount of success or some success... But, you know, you'll even find newer books that merge and, and put the two together. And really a lot of what we, you know, a lot of the popularity came from resources like this BDSM test, which we don't recommend. There are a couple other tests. There's a kink test out of the UK uh, that uh, um, is a little better, but also still confuses top and bottom with DS in a lot of ways. And uh, it's a little bit better test than this, but I'm not really going to, I'm not going to endorse it because really a kink checklist, buying a book on BDSM, learning, you know, looking up and learning and researching is really going to be the best way. Um, one of the books I recommend, let me see if I can pull them up here. And so, uh, um, let me pull it up here. Yeah. Um. One of the books that I recommend is I'll I'll throw down my Amazon here, and uh, uh, let's see. One of the books that I recommend are uh, are this book right here. Um, let me throw it in the screen here so that you can see. What is that I'm talking about? And uh, uh, so this is one of the books that I recommend here. Um, this is a good place to start. Um, let me 
people with Dragon over here, BDSM Mastery, uh, any of the books by Robert Rubel is, are going to be good books. Uh, I can come back over here, just, you know, um, I suggested books. Let me pull up, you know, there's, uh, uh, here's, uh, let me just kind of, not really pulling those. Oh. oh, that's why. Okay. So, you know, there's his relationship book. I really recommend that. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, I'm not having to pull a bunch of pages around. So, um, you know, he has some more MS related books that are really good. Several of those. I would, I would suggest you start out with the BDSM Mastery Basics, your guide to play party, play parties and scene protocols. He's going to go through a lot of uh, a lot of etiquette and um, pull up this. Where's, where's his? Uh, sorry, table of contents is what I'm trying to get to. Oh, where is the table of contents? There we go. Uh, you know, he's going to bring up the history. He's going to, you know. Um, talk about SSC and rack he's gonna talk about uh, um, let me see where I'm at here uh, you know red flags uh, rules for playing you know he's really gonna go into a lot of different things um, where am I at here? Uh, you know exploring DS online uh, meeting people in real life, safe calls, physical safety, negotiations and play parties, negotiating um, play parties, SM play scenes, uh, physical roles, DS roles, uh, subspace, top space, aftercare, how to construct a scene, um, you know, uh, you know, trust and techniques. So there's a lot of things that he's going to go to in this book. We come back and the, the next one I really recommend is the Mastery Relationships book. Click on it here to look inside. That's a really good book. Oh, oh there it, goes. it wasn't re reacting correctly. Um, his table of contents for this one. Click on it here. There's gonna. It's really more about DS and uh, somewhat about MS, but mo mo mostly about. DS relationships. The first scene book was more about topping and bottoming. This is more about BDSM, uh, DS relationships. And so, you know, a little bit of introduction stuff about finding a partner, fitting with the partner, emotional safety. Uh, it goes into topic, talking about uh, dominant roles, submissive, submission, submissive roles. Uh, he talks about switches. The different types of sexual roles. Uh, he goes through power neutral, power exchange. He calls them power imbalanced, polyamorous, SM roles. He goes with, uh, you know, uh, through negotiations, contracts, and collars, which is, uh, you know, about things related to negotiation in a DS relationship, um, you know, bringing it all together, additional types of things. And so, these are really the things that I recommend. Um, if you're going to buy a book, you know, I would recommend that you go, you know, those are some good places to start. 
and I'm going to wrap up this video. Thank you. I'm Primal Piggy. Um, you can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy. You can also find me, uh, find this video at WCDT BDSM, which is Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. I've posted it there. And then I've also posted this, cross-posted this into the group, uh, the BDSM education group that um, that we run. And so that is a group of um, coming up on 700 people at the moment as I speak, of uh, people that uh, we share a lot more educational resources in the privacy of a group. Uh, so that people can feel free to comment and they can learn um, without everyone having to see, you know, what they post. Because uh, discretion is important to a lot of us uh, in this lifestyle. And so, you know, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for, um, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, thank you for this, uh, uh, watching this video, I understand that you may disagree with a lot of things that I said, a lot of things that I pointed out, and I don't mind disagreement. I never have minded disagreement, but, um, you know, uh, if you can separate and know that, you know, I'm not saying these things in as any kind of personal attack against anybody. Um, none of this is personal. This is just, you know, words have meanings, and I like the meanings that they have. I prefer more traditional BDSM. Um, like I said, I think that it works well, and it works. It, it, it you know it, it really works as intended, and that you know I'm not in favor of a lot of the new generation stuff. Um, because and I you know I think I gave quite a bit uh, of uh, I think I gave quite a bit of reasons for why, and so. I, I think that, you know, um, I, I didn't make it about not liking any specific person. I made it about what I didn't, uh, you know, the things that I uh, disagreed with, with, uh, with rules and, and uh, the things that have changed. Uh, I, I made it about the thing. I made it about BDSM and not about, um, uh, you know, I don't hate that people do the activity or the kink of bratting. I just, you know, uh, I've, it's not a role in, in the sense of, a, it's not a DS role. It's not intended to be a DS role. It never was. And so, you know, now we're kind of trying to shape it and form it into what, into that sort of thing. But it traditionally, it was a top and bottom role. So without being, you know, that being said, anything like I'll re I'll reiterate it and I'll end on this note, anything that you do in your own relationship in your own bedroom, in your own dynamic, anything you do that's both consensual and negotiated is perfectly fine. Whatever your dynamic is, it's perfectly okay for you to do you. You to do whatever it is that you're doing that's consensual, that's adult, and that is uh, uh, you know, consensual and negotiated uh, it, you know, within your dynamic is perfectly okay. But we cannot teach from your modification or your loophole or your special, you know, scenario. And it's not fair to everyone involved in BDSM to teach from whatever your modification of the thing, of the way um, something is or of the meaning of the word. And so we don't, we don't teach, you know, from that point of view. We teach from this is what a top bottom is. This is what a dom sub is. This is what is a kink. This is what fits here. This is what fits there. 
we don't teach, you know, you know, whatever your specific dynamic is, it's fine that you do that. We don't have any problems with it, but we just can't teach from that. And so, well, thank you for watching this video. I'm going to go ahead and end it now. Um, have a good day.